guys. Welcome to episode number 75 of Beef's Beef. Uh, no That's a seven and a five. Seven no, five. No, no special guest today. I'm sorry for those that maybe wanted Daniel to come back again. Well, uh, and thanks, man, for saying I'm not special already. You're not a guest. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, that's what, so that's why I'm not saying a, a special guest because you're not a guest. I'm definitely special, though. Let's get that clear. We, yeah, I mean, that one I won't argue with. That <laughs> that part I will not argue with with you being special. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'll tell you this, man. Something didn't change. Louisville blew another lead. Yeah, that, that has not changed in a while. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, the Clemson, I, I mean, they blew the lead, but they still won, so – at Louisville's now lost five of seven. Um, I know I spoke about it, and every, every pretty much every Louisville fan spoke about how tough this month was going to be. I mean, it's pretty much murderer's row when you look at the schedule before the season. I mean, you take a look at the schedule before the season, there's only one unranked team in the whole month of February. Yeah, but you keep going back to the beginning of the season. It's well, not I mean, the even beginning you, of the season. Even if you don't go with that, you still have, what, two teams that aren't ranked? Well, and you keep specifying the month of February. This is what I got to say. Good news for all you Cardinals fans, which I am not, but I'm also not a hater. You got Boston College and Notre Dame coming up. If you guys lose you either the of those two games. You got to write the ship. Whoo. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you. I actually had that written down. Those two are must wins. Yeah, which they – I mean, I would like to see the spread when they come out, but I wouldn't be surprised if either of those were a double-digit double, double digit point spread. I mean, Notre Dame playing at Notre Dame, so, I had those backwards. So Notre Dame will actually be our senior night, which, Uh-oh. I mean, the only seniors that we have are great. Uh, I mean, I guess it'll mean something, but I don't know. These guys haven't felt as close as, like, the Dame. It's four – it's kind of underrated in uh, how he's utilized as far as he's not going to show order off the court. I think the biggest thing with four is he does he's not aggressive enough. Right. Uh, I don't think that player, he plays hard on the opposite end of the court the entire game, yeah. and that's something you all need because holes back there with a couple of pieces. Absolutely. So Louisville goes into the half with a 10-point lead off a uh, very deep Jordan War 3, uh, 37-27. Uh, has a 10 to 11 point lead for majority of the first 10 minutes of the half. Uh, only ends up scoring 15 points in the second half and loses the game 64 to 52. Right. Uh, you have DeAndre Hunter go off in the second half for 19 of his 26. Uh, you have two bench players in Diakite and Huff uh, combined for 26 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, I mean, their starting center, Jack Salt, only played six minutes, took one shot, had zero points, and one rebound. Which I told you, I think there's some type of injury going on with that. But then even when we talked about it, the way Diakite defended and the way Huff had some great plays, I mean, you really didn't need him anyways. No, I didn't. If I tell you, hey, uh, Ty Jerome and Kyle Gow scored 12 points combined. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, they probably lost then, right? No. They have three. They have four, or the other four starters outside of Hunter combined for twelve points. Well, I got another one for you. They shot eleven point eight percent under twelve percent from the under twelve percent in today's game from three, and you're going to win a game by twelve. I, I would. And I looked at my buddy. I said, "We can't sustain this. Right? Hey, there's no way that we can." Well, I compare them to the San Antonio Spurs. You're getting no easy buckets, and you're getting no open threes. Yeah, I mean, point range. Yeah, which is twenty three percent. 
that's not going to win you games. And that- you're inside the three-point line. Right. And you're missing shots at the rim. You're letting guys that are undersized push you out from inside inside post position. And it's I mean it's not that's the biggest thing with our two post guys is they would rather dance around the three point line than get in there and bang with anybody. That high screen, I mean, with four around one, rarely do you see those two roll. And and I understand that because I'm a guy who I do that every single time, even playing today. I'm I'm not rolling because you know in something like that somebody's going to hurt you. But in, in a game like this, you got to have somebody cut into the basket, whether that's opposite side or somebody. Um, it's just going to create better spacing. Turnovers-wise, though, I'm looking. Both teams have five turnovers, so no real story with that. Rebounds, they out-rebounded you again, so that alludes to your big guys being soft, like you were saying. But overall, you all look good once again for 30 minutes of the game. Yeah, I was going to say uh, about two-thirds of the game, maybe. Yeah, and, and what this does is it gives you that mindset as a fan where – there's not a team that we're going to play that you don't feel like we can play with, right? For most of the game, but you got to worry about that end. And here's the thing: if Louisville figures out how to end how to end games, there's a chance they can make a deep run. But you're two, you're ninety percent of the way through the regular season now. Yeah, I think this one was different than the other ones, though, because I didn't see a press that was causing you guys problem. Like this was just literally they were stingy on the defensive end. You all were waiting until two seconds left in the shot clock on occasion and then forcing up a tough shot. Um, it, it was not a pretty offensive outing in the no. second half, like you said. Anytime you score 15 points and a half, you're not going to win many of those games. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you got to think the NC State game where they scored, what, 29 or, or whatever, they had 14 points in the first half. Right. And 15 in the second. So. When you talk about Hunter, uh, you know, Hunter is a great player, but think about it. He went 9 for 11 from the floor. Like, there's something about his timing. Um, He can beat you off the bounce. He can hit mid-range jumpers. He can knock down the three. But he had a very quiet 26, like you said, and he's a heck of a player. Yeah, he's very good. But when I looked up at the score, uh, because, you know, they have stats at the M Center and, and all the corners. Right. I looked up, and I was like, when did he get 26? That's what I'm saying. It's on 11 shot attempts, like 26 on 11 shot attempts. Yeah, he went 6-6 six six in the free throw line as well, so that definitely helps. But right. I re- his his plays that I remember from the game, I remember him getting an A and one on, on a terrible foul call. We won't go into that. <laughs> um, and I remember him hitting two wide open threes. Well, he had the one that he kind of created separation up top. That was, I mean, it was pretty open, but it was, that's a good move right there. Yeah. That's a pro move. I'll tell you this, man, and you know I'm not that type of guy that blames game on officials. Uh-oh. And I still, you know, I'm, not, I'm still not blaming this game on officials, but Uh-oh. there is there was a humongous momentum swing. I don't know. Did you watch the entire game? I did not watch the entire game, but I watched the entire second half. So you know what play I'm talking about then? I do, and I also have a combatant for you after. So I, don't, I don't really know how you can combat with. Well, you're uh, going to uh, find out. Well, I'm just saying you can't really combat with a rule that they missed. Explain One. the situation to the listeners, so, please. Nora head fakes, goes to the rim. The game is tied. He hits the layup. The guy's foot's on the semicircle. He runs He runs over him. They call a charge. Well, this is where there's a different, differentiating factor. My question to you is his heel was not down on it, and so this is not my only argument with this, but 
is is it like an out of bounds line where if your toes are uh, or if your toes are in bounds but your heel is not on the line does that count if your heel is if your heel is not on the line but you're but it's, it's above, above it. the line yes so you're asking if it's like a break the plane touchdown thing yeah like, like or out of bounds same yeah. thing you can you can look at it any different way but that's my question because it sounded like from listening to the broadcasters that being as though his heel was above the line that's why it should have been the opposite call but i don't know that to be true i couldn't I, that, find it that anywhere. i don't know either right but didn't i question so can you only review that in the last two minutes of a game yes which is stupid. Why should yeah. you be able to review that at any time? I don't want to see a bunch of reviews, but you know the block charge call is a tough call, and then you add a, you know, a player control area that makes it even tougher at that point. Yeah, but if you're going to review that, review that the entire game, but just give it a time limit, or don't review it at all. That's the way I look at it. I don't think you should. The out of bounds thing, okay, but what makes a call more important the last two minutes than it does the entire game? Right, I'm with you. Because you you always go back to if you're a coach or whatever that that play at the end of the game didn't lose you the game. Something else did. Well, the NCAA is making a decent amount of money too. So in my opinion, they could do like the NBA and have a sarcophagus area where they're watching it live, and then instead of even the courts having to watch it, they call in and say, "Hey, listen, you can watch it, but this is the correct call. We've watched it three or four times already." Yeah, and hey, that's that's what frustrates me about it because you get again you louisville didn't lose the game at the end of the game to duke because of that call louisville right. blew a 23 point lead but the fact that that gets overturned i knew it was a rule so like it but the fact it's frustrating when you know that that got changed right there but it didn't get changed in that game another question for you do you remember obviously chris mack got a technical you went already he did. then um, but do you remember the next offensive possession for you all after that it was probably a terrible shot well, it wasn't a good shot, but it was Malik Williams catching in the post. And Malik Williams literally, I, you know, go back and watch it, literally walks. For, <laughs> he slid his whole entire pivot foot on it. So they were, they're giving a call back on it for sure. Um, ended up giving him uh, two shots after as well, too. So they call a foul when there wasn't a foul. So I'm with you. It doesn't make the call right, but they were giving you one back on that. It's tough to get one back, though. I mean, that's a that's a five-point swing, pretty much, because he goes down there. You, yeah, but Chris Mack, you had to give him a technical. Oh, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that he didn't deserve technical, but I would have done the exact same thing if I was him. Yeah. Because you feel like, well, you took one away from us against Duke, and then you do this right here, and it's a humongous momentum swing. Well, I think there's a lot to do with it. He, he felt the rope slipping through his hands Absolutely. yet again. It was exactly what you said. He's going, all right. What can I do? And, you know, maybe he, in his head, just lost it and went red. Maybe he, in his head, said, maybe this will get the guys on my side that I'm I'm fighting for them out here. But whatever it was, you couldn't have not given him a technical on that. No, I, that, that I'm not arguing. I mean, the two times that he's gotten technicals, he's definitely earned them because he got a technical against Tennessee, and essentially the same thing happened. They pulled away towards the end of the game and won by 11. And – which I like to I like getting attack every once in a while. I've told you that before. I, I think there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I told you the B, BYU coach last night. I don't know how he didn't get kicked. Excuse me, how he didn't get kicked out of that game. But yeah, I'm I'm good with getting a couple texts here and there. Yeah, I mean you got to like you said, you got to show your guys that you're there fighting for them. That you know it's if there's a bad call, you know that that they're you're gonna have their back. And I, I like it too. And at that point, like I said, I felt like. He needed to get a technical. Yeah. It, because they felt like that game had been taken away from him, even though they lost the game against Duke. 
they felt like that was what had happened was the game had kind of gotten taken away from them with that block charge change. Right. By the way, I, I know a high school coach who has asked for, politely asked for technicals before. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. It's, Just got to change some of the momentum. I mean, you'd think it hurt you as far as a team. I've also uh, know a coach, and this is the same coach, who has got kicked out of games by asking to be removed as well, too. Threatened to send the tape to the IHSA. So this is Indiana High School basketball, and then was removed from the game. So, yeah, there's some strategy involved with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so the uh, Louisville ends up losing the game. They lose the game by, by 12. Uh, to a good team, though, we yeah. got to give Virginia some credit, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Virginia. Virginia's a good team, and when anytime two of your best players only score twelve points combined, right? Two of your three best players only and score twelve points. And your center, points. you were talking about with Jack Salt. Yeah, but see, Huff picked up the picked up the slack, and the and so did uh, Diakite. Diakite yeah. played his tail off. Oh, he's a great. I mean, think about it. As far as a post defender, he's phenomenal, especially help side. Yeah, I feel like he helps side. A lot and got a lot of blocks and Louisville just couldn't do anything inside. Yep. But that that moves Louisville to nine and six in the conference, seventh in the ACC, eighteen and ten overall. A questionable haircut by Diakite, by the way. I'm gonna be honest with you, Cisco. Until I saw it, he looked bald from where I was sitting. (laughs) And I'm not making that up. Like uh, Smitty says, what about that guy that looked like Dennis Robin for Virginia? I was like, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Robin's a good one. I still say the Cisco. I mean, that's that's exactly what I thought about when I saw it. I thought, oh, my goodness. I said, you mean the guy that was bald? He was like, bro, there was nobody bald on their team. And I was like, yeah, they're big guy, Diakite. He was bald. He was like, nah. Yeah, I was bleached. And I pulled it up, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, he wasn't bald. He definitely had hair. You know, once again, allegedly, but I had the M&M Slim Shady at one point in time, too. So that's hey. not, I don't, How do you allegedly then say that you had it? No, I'm just saying allegedly. There's, there's, I don't, I'm sure there's photos out there, but I, I don't want them to be exposed. So allegedly, <laughs> you know. But the game that was on the other day when we were here was uh, – your UNC Tar Heels against the Duke Blue Devils. Sound like you stuttered there for a second. Did you not want to say it, or did you forget about my favorite team? I think you know this will help our covers later in the game. But yeah, it was it was actually a really good game. I'm game. <laughs> you all beat the brakes off of them from the beginning. Right. Um, well, and I didn't were here watching it at first, and when he went down, I thought, okay, get him. Which it was. It, it was hurt, but now he sprained his knee. Thirty six seconds into the game. Yeah, that Nike stock went down billion dollars. By the way, one point three seven billion is what it went down. Which the funniest thing is that's only like a percent, something like that, two percent. But that's that's a lot of money. I'm buying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me Nike ten times out of ten because you got to look at it like this. Something that a lot of people are not bringing up. Right. He. They said he's worn those shoes all season. Yeah, we looked at a picture of it before we did this episode. A brand new pair of shoes is not going to tear like that in the midsole. No, not unless a fan of another team goes and cuts them, which is not going to happen. And it, it, you know what I'm saying? It's just you got to look at it like this, man. If he's wearing those shoes, even if he only wore them in home games, yeah, that's still a lot of games for a guy's for a guy his stature that moves the way he does. Hey, we're skipping over this. Did you just accuse the Tar Heels of Zion no, Williamson? I said allegedly. I said, I said unless a fan of the other team did, which didn't happen. That sounded personal there. I'm I'm in Southern Indiana, man. I couldn't get to Cameron. It was not personal. It wasn't me, okay? 
It, it was, shaggy. He's easy, Shaggy. It was. I no. I don't think a fan sabotage. If it did come out, that's terrible. But I don't think that happened. I think it was Jay Williams. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? But the fact that he. I mean, because you, you got to think they're what now? Probably twenty. Louisville's played twenty-eight games, so they're probably what twenty-three and five. Duke is probably twenty-four and four, or something like that. In that ballpark. So yeah, they don't got, have many losses. You got to say at least half of those are home games. Yeah, twenty-three and three is what they are. Eleven and two in the conference. Yeah. So does it say how many games they've played at home? Um, I don't see it right away, but I can kind of look. I'd say let's just say so they played. Let's just say they've played thirteen games at home. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know the neutral sites either. That's what's not showing me. Yeah. Let's just say that they've played thirteen games at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a lot of games for somebody to wear the same shoe. Right. Of his Well, that size. That's your whole point. Think about it. I mean, he's putting a ton of pressure. When, when he's going up that high, there's downward pressure to get that high. Like when he's, he's pushing. cutting like he did there. I'm amazed playing. the ground can handle it. Like, how's the court not being dented just like the basketball is? That's the next thing we're going to see. He's going to be a crater when he jumps. Yeah, he's going to come down and it's going to look like Monstars. He looks like one of the Monstars. Definitely. And, and I don't know, like, if there was a lot of people like, look how cheap Nike is. Nah, yeah. man. Like, to me, Nike's still the best basketball shoe there is. Oh, by far. I, I, don't, I don't think it's close. You know what I thought was classy, though? Paul George, because that was whose shoes he was wearing. Yeah. And they're the Paul George 2.5. So Paul George has the threes out, too, which once again goes back to Zion. Go ahead and wear the threes. I mean, I, I told you, I'm all about feel. So I'm not wearing a brand new pair of shoes, but break them in and practice. Have somebody bend them up for you, whatever you got to do. But Paul George addressed that and just said, look, man, we don't ever want to see anybody get hurt. He said he takes his shoes very seriously. He said that he talked to Nike about it and tried to figure out what they could do to stop it in the future. But he also mentioned some important points. Think about it. It's the least expensive Nike shoe on the market as far as a player model currently, and it's a great deal. Uh, 110 bucks, I think, is what they were. Wow. Yeah, retail, that's phenomenal on them. Um, but a ton of people in the NCAA and the NBA are wearing them. And think about it, this is the first time we've heard of an issue with it. Yeah, I mean, I like the shoes, and I don't think there's anything, like I said, wrong with the shoes. Right. I think it was a freak accident, and the people that are making big deals about it are just making a big deal about it because they wanted, oh, Nike, the big, bag, big bad wolf Nike. No. Which I'm good with, too. They've got an opinion. I disagree with that, but yeah. I'm also good with hearing it. But with without having Zion in the game, you get Luke May, who goes completely ham, 30 points, 12 reba- or 15 rebounds. Well, we talked about this before. Don't you start that. I'm, I, I hadn't gotten to where I'm going. You're, in, you're interrupting me. Yeah, but because you, you, you teed me I'm getting, off, man. I'm getting there. <laughs> Trust me. I, I told you, if Zion plays in the next game, I think you all lose. Yeah, but you said if that. he doesn't play, I think the game in Chapel Hill will be a single-digit game. Right, which I, I said eleven to sixteen. So, and I said the reason why this game was the reason why this game was the way it was was because no one plays to lose their best player thirty-six seconds into the game. Of course, not. and to make an adjustment on the fly like that, all North Carolina has to say is, "Hey, give the ball to Luke May and do your thing." The guy shot fourteen to twenty four. He only took four shots outside of the outside of inside the three point line. So that's twenty shots from inside the three point line. Yeah, you got to think that Zion Williamson's going to have. 
I'd say he at least cuts 10 points off that if he's playing. Help side defender, but as far as one-on-one defender, I like Luke May. It was good to see him playing good again, too, whereas if they put Luke May on him, Oh, man, that just Luke, – Luke May's not the fastest guy in the world, and your only other option is either Cam Johnson or Garrison Brooks. Got matchup going into it, so I'll agree with you on that. And I, so but, – but this was my point. I thought Luke May had a great game, and I'm not taking anything from him. And after we talked earlier, I said that. I don't want to take – Zion blow his shoe out. That was his defense that did that. He, I mean, he might have done that. Big time. But – Normally you see people crossed up on the other end. This was this was backwards. I don't think a team with and not have a game plan to combat what had happened to them the last time. Now, do I game plan will will come out with a W? No, I don't because I think you all have too much talent to to because they're not to to say hey. Of course, nobody's going to plan. I mean, they only have three really no depth on that team and that's duke's problem you know when when you look at the ufl game that they played in bow called them that was even bigger because he was the one who sparked that run so i'm with you they have no depth but i like duke yeah but i'm a north carolina fan so of course i I don't i don't like duke at all so i don't want you to think that i feel sympathy for him because i don't i I don't like duke and i don't care if duke wins dope bomber jacket by the way i'll I'll give that he was who do you think he was cheering for North Carolina. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well, too. He's a North but Carolina fan, isn't he? Yes. I mean, they have said that, you know, allegedly, and I don't even want to put this out into the podcast universe, but maybe some Secret Service had something to do with the shoes. He was there to watch him. Well, why, I'm just saying. I mean, why, why would he put – why would they do something to the shoe if he's there to watch him? Hey, man, Secret Service, not President Obama. So, so you think that they wanted to leave early? No, maybe they had a bet. I mean, maybe oh, President Obama's a big gambler, man. Obama's not going to bet against his team. Well, in this case, he's he not might Pete have. Rose, man. Come he's on now, Pete Rose. He's a president. He ain't Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Uh, Pete Rose is definitely betting against his team sometimes. Oh, he, yeah. I think he admitted that he did, but he also said that he didn't try to lose those games, which is an interesting philosophy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because either way, you're losing. You either win the game and lose your money, or you lose the game and win some money. Absolutely, and you got to think when they lose, the guy's getting. He's like, yeah, who took the bet? Yeah, that's a dumb. I mean, what are you doing taking that bet? Maybe I. I think we're getting on to something here. It was all a setup. Absolutely, but North Carolina ends up blowing the doors off of off of Duke. It really wasn't ever close, especially after he went out. It, no. And the other thing was is. Yeah, I know you said it's kind of a cop-out saying that, but when you lose someone of that stature, no, no pun intended, when you lose someone of that stature on your team, it kind of shocks your team because they're used to him being there. Yeah, they were scared. I mean, Barrett and Reddish didn't look flustered at all. I told you, this this is the thing that stands out to me, and, and we disagreed on this. Garrison Brooks in the middle for North Carolina had a fantastic game. He, I mean, he was one of the bigger guys on the court, so he needed to have a good game. And then the other thing I told you is the scouting reports out on Trey Jones. Like, shooting under 25% on the season, let that man beat you. Don't let Reddish beat you. Don't let O'Connell beat you. Don't let Barrett beat you. Let Trey Jones beat you. Yeah, I mean, watching them play last night, he had three or four wide-open threes and just missed them. Yeah. Well, he doesn't take them sometimes, too. That's the thing. Not only is he not taking them, but then he's throwing up bricks. And early in the season, I was giving him credit because I said, oh, he's a better shooter than his brother. Well, 
<laughs> now that's not true. I mean, Duke also had 20 turnovers in that game, and they only shot 35% from the floor, 20% from the three. None of those are recipe for success. No, not at all. Um, it's. I think, like I said, I think the game's going to be different in Chapel Hill. Um, I still think you all get the win unless Zion plays. But I, I don't think that they beat you all without Zion, but I also don't think you all blow them out. Which, by the way, I, I think, first of all, we've got a couple of games that I'm more worried about with Syracuse and Clemson back-to-back. I don't think either of those teams are better than Duke. But coming off the winning streak that we've had recently, I mean, I think we've won 14 out of the last 16. You've got Virginia loss in there. You've got a – what was that other team? I forget that I, other. I was getting ready to ask you, who's the other team that beat you all? I don't know. It was like 83-62, so, you know, I don't – And then the loss before that was another local team. So we, we just won't even mention this. But anyways, the Syracuse and the Clemson game, we'll see how good this North Carolina is in those two games. Then we play a mutual opponent in Boston College, and that's when that Duke game comes after that. I, I would be shocked if Zion didn't play at that point. Hey, I mean, we'll see. I know that they're saying that his and Reed Travis's injuries are very similar. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely a wait-and-see type thing. I hope he does because at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to fault him if he doesn't. I know you're not going to agree with that. But. No, well, I, I don't fault him. That's his own – it's like we said, that's his own personal choice. I can tell you I, I don't understand that mentality. And that's a big thing that's been going on is there's a lot of people in the media and there's a lot of – there's NBA players and, and everything. Everybody, us even. I mean – Oh, he needs to play. Right. Oh, he shouldn't play. Uh, he's not a competitor. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I know this is still going against what I'm going to say, but at the end of the day, <laughs> no one should be telling him what he should be doing except for himself and his inner circle. Which if I he, agree with. If he wants to play, fantastic. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to fault you for sitting out and saying, well, and then there's the people like, well, he has a $16 million insurance policy. If he goes to the NBA, just like Jay Williams said, he's going to have a $100 million shoe contract as soon as he steps foot in the NBA. I don't know about that, but he's going to have a big he's shoe contract. He's going to have a huge yeah. shoe contract. $100 million is, isn't happening, I promise you that. I bet it'd be close to that with him. No. Because just like you said earlier, he is the biggest prospect we have coming out since LeBron. Yeah. What did LeBron sign? $90 million when he was coming out of high school. I just think that LeBron was, and him are... And that was fifteen year, 16 years ago. Yeah, but if you look like Paul George and them, they aren't touching those numbers. Like Russell Westbrook, not touching those numbers. Who would you take? Would you take a Paul George or a Russell Westbrook? Are we talking about as a player? No, I'm, I'm saying as far as signing them to a shoe deal, you, do you think Zion's, Zion's not even going to have his own signature shoe his first year? Like if he goes with uh, Lee Ning or if he goes with like maybe Under Armour or he goes with something like that, okay, maybe he's going to have. But if he goes with Nike, Nike's not going to give him I'm a signature not, shoe. I'm not going to say they wouldn't. With how, th- with how, think of how many people are only talking about the shoe because it was him blowing it out. Yeah. If, if someone, let's, Luke May blows his shoe out. You think they're talking about that Nike shoe blowing out? Not as much. No, I mean I get. I don't that. think they're talking about it at all. I think they're talking about it because Luke May did just drop the th- 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 thirty. Yeah, but I'm saying no, they're not going to talk. Zion Williamson you. is right there with LeBron as much as being talked about on ESPN. Yeah, it's polarizing. It was like we said before, him and Ja Morant, you, you can pretty much mark it down. If you watch ESPN for an hour, you're going to see both of them on there. Yeah, and... If you're watching UFC fights, you might even see them on there. 
this is the type of reach that Zion Williamson would have. You know, right? It's stuff like that, and that's the only reason. I'm not guaranteeing he's going to have a hundred million dollar contract, but right. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if he got close to it. Yeah, but you have you you have the guys that are like, well, he's getting a, he's got a sixteen million dollar insurance policy. He's going to make more than that on his first contract. Well, that's if he falls to a certain position as well, too. And if you look at the first three, if he gets drafted in the first three picks, he's making well more than that $16 million anyways. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that's frustrating. First of all, it's not you. It's not, it's not you. And to say that he has to do that, Right. Screw you. He shouldn't even. He doesn't. Even, he shouldn't even have to be there. But I haven't heard. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I agree with all of that. But I can tell you only from my argument's sake. I, I'm not saying he has to do this or he has to do that. I'm saying two things. I'm saying first of all, I'm telling you, if it were me in those shoes, this is what I would do personally. And the other thing is, I, I say, this is what I think we have seen a precedent done. And set, and I think this is what you know would be the correct decision for him as far as his future. But I, I'm not saying either of those things. No, I'm with you. Yeah, and that's at the end of the day, that's that's the type of thing that I that I feel. I feel his inner circle and himself should be the ones making that decision. And if he let's say he makes a decision to sit out, no one should bother him about it. Well, I think the doctors should be involved because I think the doctors know. I told you I was talking about the Grant Hill injury before, like something like that, where he can I'm, actually. I'm only hurt. saying if he is clear to play. Well, even I, I'm not even talking about. Let's say he's cleared to play, but it's like you said, it's a knee sprain, right? Mm-hmm. And they say you've got because you've got a knee sprain now, you're going to overcompensate on the other leg, and you've got a 40.2 percent chance of tearing your ACL, MCL, LCL, and your other knee. Okay, that that changes the whole ball game right there at that point. But if they're saying, hey, you're going to have a little bit of stiffness and a little bit of soreness, ice it, don't practice as much, rest it, and then play in the games. I I think any true competitor, any athlete, I bet you if you ask Zion, this isn't even a question. It's like you said, when you ask his family, when you ask his inner circle, whoever that may be, that's where the question comes from. Because I think he was coming back in that game. They brought him another pair of shoes out. I think he was coming back in. Uh, I would agree with that. I would no. agree with that. I don't, I don't question his competitive nature at all. Not at all. No. I, I think Look at him dude, on the sidelines in the last game that he wasn't even playing. Yeah, he was he was getting pumped when Barrett was hitting shots. With Barrett went off yesterday, by the way. Barrett went off. Right. Well, that's two thirty point games in a row. I mean, with the North Carolina one, you got to think if Reddish is hitting shots, that game's not close. Yeah, Reddish just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn yesterday, which is surprising because Reddish is a great outside shooter, and they're playing against his own. You figure. That should be a game he shoots well in. Well, especially with his length. I mean, Syracuse has some big, long, athletic players, but Reddish is a monster. Yeah, they I mean, got they got B.J. Dolajay. Right, B.J. Dolajay. I uh, wish. I told you. I love that. If game. you guys haven't seen, Dolajay looks exactly like B.J. He's my cousin, allegedly. He They weigh the same, but Dolajay is about five inches taller, four inches taller. Right, which is disrespectful to him. I told you, I think there's no way that's right. He's got to be bigger than that. I mean, you got to think he probably weighs less than that if they're listing him at 180. Well, I, I get that argument, but man, I see 180 something in the mirror every single day, and I can tell you, looking at him, I'm like, he's got to be bigger than 180. <laughs> <laughs> so, lock of the week. It's that time of the week again. We're both on hot streaks. Woo! We got to give credit to D as well, who stepped in. Never done the lock of the week with us. Stepped in with a dub. Pressure situation, too, man. Stepping up to the plate, knocking one out of the park. And 
you know, I, I think I deserve a half point for saying that was a good pick as well, too, because I wanted that pick as well. I, I mean, our we'll, quarter of a pick. All we'll right. both take half pick because I was the one that pointed the game out to him. Oh, get out of here. So, I mean, I'll, we'll, I'll tell you what. We'll both take a point for both of our wins. All about, right. How, all right. That? My, my Gonzaga Bulldogs covering by half a point. Well, that was my question to you. This is the crazy thing. The Cleveland pick on my part was an absurd pick. I mean, who would ever take Cleveland? But a 27.5-point spread over Pepperdine is a crazy pick, too. So, we, I mean, we were going out on some limbs this week, and those limbs didn't seem too sturdy, and they held up. Absolutely. Absolutely. The weight limit on our limbs were definitely high enough. Yeah. Gonzaga wins by 28. Half a point over the spread. Crazy. And what Cleveland had a what three point spread and won by eleven? No, it was a one point spread. But yeah, they won by double digits, which was beautiful. That's like a win win to me. I told you, doesn't get much better than that. Thirteenth win of the season. Woo! <laughs> Two game win they better, streak. They better quit, man. They're not going to get Zion. They better quit. No, it's okay, man. We, we've got a couple more wins in our tank this year. I can I can feel it. Kevin Love coming back. He's been on fire lately. So. With that, we're going to our locks of the week again. Yep. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first. Well, me, you know, I, I stick to what I do, and I, I'm going to stick with any time I can pick the NBA. I'm going to try to help you guys out and trying to give you an NBA pick. You know, Senor Beef over here can stick with his little nitty-gritty college, big spreads, yada, 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 favorite teams. I've got a little bit of a beef to pick with the Detroit Pistons. You know, they they won one for me earlier in the season, but they also lost one for me in the season. So right now I'm one and one on the Detroit Pistons. Let's go one and two. Let's go one and two. Burn, burn, burn. Therefore, I'm taking the Indiana Pacers over the Detroit Pistons at Detroit. But Detroit is the two-and-a-half-point favorites. Malice in the Palace Part 2? Well, this this spread, I told you, it, it is odd to me because you look at it, it's 56.1% Indiana's favored to win, but Detroit is favored in the betting line at two-and-a-half-point favorite. So it's got to do with the home court. Um, obviously, the Pacers are without Oladipo. Both these teams are on a two-game win streak. Um, I got the Pacers covering. Well, and they don't even have to cover because so they're So the Pacers beat points. the Pelicans the other day? Um... I think so. Yeah, that would have been part of their last two games because the Pelicans played in Indy and then beat L.A. uh, the next next game. Yeah, last two wins are New Orleans and Washington. Sorry, I didn't have it in front of me. So So that would – oh, okay. Which you'll laugh, but the Pelicans actually are a tough team to beat. Um, I mean, they're they're under five hundred, but without Davis, they've still not had bad games. Yeah. So I'm sticking with one of my old faithfuls. A team that I called a sleeper before the season, and people have called me crazy because they were a top 15 team, and I called them a sleeper. But the <laughs> K State Wildcats. <laughs> you didn't have too much of an argument for that, did you? I mean, when you're picked to lose in the conference again, and you have every starter back, I kind of feel like you're getting slept on. Yeah, but they've got Kansas in their conference. Yeah, this looks like a very solid pick right now, doesn't it? Uh, go, ask, go ask Texas Tech how Kansas looked yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And guess what? What? K-State's going to Fog Allen. Fog Allen. And they're going to cover that five-point spread. They're five-point dogs in Kansas. Which is amazing. 
with the way Kansas State's been playing since Dean Wade has come back, I know they've dropped a couple, but they've overall been trending upward. Right. And you got Kansas, who looks like a humongous dumpster fire right now. And you're favoring them five points over my Wildcats here? Come on now. Give me give me Kansas State cover and win outright. I'm calling it both. They're winning in Kansas and they're covering the So spread. specify this, though. Is Kansas the favorite? Kansas or? is a five-point favorite. Okay. I thought you said Kansas State was a five-point favorite. Kansas point. is a five-point favorite. Yeah, I kind of dislike that a little bit more now. I was kind of hoping Kansas State was a five-point favorite. No. You, you don't go into Fog Allen very often and come out with a win. That's just because they play eight on five. Well, I, I mean, I would say more like seven on five. But, yeah, sometimes. Eight on five. Because all three of the referees are always on their side. Oh, I thought you were talking about the crowd, the fans. Yeah, no. The fans. It's a great, great no. home arena. What are the, them fans are more worried about the deep-fried potato balls they got in the in the concession stand. I don't know if they even have that, but it just seems like all the people from Kansas eat. Well, the deep-fried potato balls doesn't sound that great, but when you said deep-fried, you know, that, that rang a little bell in my head like, okay, I can't what, be mad at them for that. By the way, a little spitball here. What's, your, what's the best deep-fried food you've ever had? Well, that's, I mean, there's nothing that you can deep-fry that I'm going to hate. I know that, but there's got it. Like I know mine right off the top of my head. What What do you got? What do you got? Because I don't got one. Deep fried Kool Aid. Deep fried Kool Aid. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Kentucky State Fair. Yep. About seven or eight years ago. I've heard I, of it. I ate the same year that I ate that donut burger, which was also fire. Yeah, that donut burger. I had my expectations up too high. It was still pretty good. But does it come out like jelly though? Like what's it? It almost texture? reminds you. It almost reminds you of like a muffin. Really? Like a deep fried muffin that tastes like the Kool-Aid. Okay. That's almost kind of what it reminds me. Dude, it's so good. Do they give you different flavors of Kool-Aid as options? Yeah. Are they? Oh, that's... I got cherry. Hey. I got cherry with mine. I think they had uh, cherry and... Yeah, you probably got to go cherry or grape, in my opinion. I think it was that was the two that they had. Blueberry lemonade's underrated. I mean, I, I like tropical it. punch is the goat, in my opinion. Really? I, dude, I'm a tropical punch Kool-Aid till the day I die. I haven't had Kool-Aid in a good amount of time. It's worth it, dude. The packets are like 43 cents a piece. Oh, listen, anything like that, like ramen, you think that stuff's healthy? No way, Jose. I didn't think we were talking healthier. I thought we were talking strictly taste. Well, I mean, sometimes my taste buds go, hey, man, for 43 cents, you got to add two pounds of sugar to make it good. So you don't eat two pounds. I mean, you had a lot, but not two pounds. Well, it's like two cups, maybe. Two pounds and two cups. I guess there's a little... A little difference there. It was I mean, close. I don't see much of a d- difference between that and those sliders you ate just a minute ago. Oh, those sliders went down. But you got them b- because why? Because they're they a, slid down my throat. And bro. because they're a dollar. That was what you broke it to me as you For said. For sure. These but there ain't no sugar in them. No, well, but I'm saying the health, is, but... the health wise, they're probably. No, those go in and come right back out, man. I'm not gaining any weight with those. Those are in for like an hour and a half on a good day. <laughs> they might not make it to the end of the episode, is what I'm warning you. Yeah, it's, I was about to say if they, we we might need to hurry up and end this thing if they're only staying in there that long because you ate those no more than an hour and a half ago. Clocks a ticking, my friend. Clocks a ticking. Yeah, we better move down this list a little bit faster if it's going to come out like Don't that. Don't say move down faster. I'm telling you, that's that's a it's uh, a key word not yeah, to say right yeah, now. Yeah, well played. It. Yeah. So Kansas State, they're five point dogs. 
They're going to win at Kansas and cover the spread. Do you know what time that game is tomorrow night? Nine o'clock. I'm going to be watching that one closely, my friend. Nine. Of course you will, because yeah. I know as soon as that clock ticks zero, if Kansas State loses. I won't text you or anything. I'll just be jumping up and down cheering. That's it. There there won't be any. What, by the way, what are we now? Are we both four and two? Three and three, unfortunately. No. I believe so. It's no. either that or four and three. Four, we're four and three. I know four we at least three. have a winning record. Okay. So so we evened it up last time at three and three. Now we're four and three. You probably just gave us the ultimate commentator's jinx. I mean, you did it when you said I was going to lose, so you jinxed yourself, and I will now win, and you will lose. So, Hey, man, you're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy, man. So, something that happened last week that we didn't really touch on was a humongous contract signing. Is it true? And it wasn't me to beef's beef. No, it was not. That I remember. And it's not something that we normally talk about as far as sports-wise, but uh, – Manny Machado signed with the San Diego Padres, a 10-year, $300 million contract. Which was interesting to me. It's like you said, uh, I love the city of San Diego, but is is the Padres a destination as far as baseball? You don't hear yeah. of them yeah, they are. nowadays because it, of the city. Yes, strictly because of the city. I was going to say, you don't hear of them signing many big-time free agents. No, which I have no idea why. If if I had the choice, I right. would literally go there, Miami. Probably. But see, the thing you got to worry about with Miami is hurricanes. You don't really got to worry about that in San Diego. Then you're not talking about Miami as in the college. You're talking about real life. I'm yeah, talking. I'm just, San Diego, I'm still, you got uh, earthquakes. Yeah. Okay. California could fall off into the ocean, man. I, that that's totally fine. You got taxes that are out the yin yang. Yeah, they they uh-huh. did talk about that in in the stuff that I was reading. See, he, he's a he's a resident of Florida, which has zero. St- but here's the thing. That's a good move right there. He's but he has to pay the taxes in in California because he's like, employed there. Yeah, because it's like twelve. It's like twelve and a half percent, which. There's, uh, That's was, not bad, though. Compared to 0% in Florida, I mean, he'll take that 12 and a half to live there. It's like you said, that's worth it. Yeah. And I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day, about how uh, state taxes and stuff, they don't have state taxes in Texas and Florida. And at the end of the day, man, they're going to get you in other ways. Well, it's a tourist tax in Florida, though. I, I get what you're saying. In theory, that could be true. But I'm telling you, Florida makes a lot of money off people coming and touring Orlando. Yeah, and they're going to get it from you in cost of living. They're going to get it from you in the tours. They're going to get the money somehow. There's some Just, reasonably, reasonably priced places, and I, I know Florida better than I know Texas. I've been to both of them multiple times, but I'm telling you, I, I live in Florida all day, man. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Florida. Really? I've been there a few times. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, I've been to California once, and that was to San Diego, and I loved it. The nude beaches are my personal. Oh, no? I didn't mm-hmm. see any nude beaches. I, no. um, not saying that they are not there, but I did not see any nude beaches. Be like in a Euro trip where you go there, <laughs> it's all dudes. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I will say is you could definitely tell who was from there and who wasn't. Yeah. And that was because we went there in March. I'm out there in swim trunks and a T-shirt. Right. And there's people wearing bundled up in jackets and coats and stuff. And I'm like... Man, this feels great. What are y'all talking about, man? Well, Get on a plane and fly to where I'm from. Surprisingly enough, they've got some great food down there. Like, I, I don't know. What do you think? What does Florida specialize in food-wise? Seafood. I don't, 
See, yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, I don't think of anything whenever I think of Florida. Florida, man, I think, this is the only thing I think about seafood. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I'm not a big fish, man. That's why. Yeah, I bet, I mean, they have other things. Shrimp, you don't like shrimp either? Shrimp isn't my personal favorite. You go to some lobster and some crab, I'm with you. I've never had lobster, surprisingly. I was actually talking to Steve about that yesterday. Halftime, I was. I saw this video, halftime of our game yesterday. Yeah. And I was going through my phone, and I saw this video of this woman eating a 15-pound lobster. Oh. And I was like, jeez. And he, he was like, dude, that looks so good. I said, I'm going to yeah. be honest with you, I've never had it. Oh, I'd eat a 15-pound lobster easy. You would you you could eat the whole thing. Well, it's they're they're weighing the lobster. I'm eating the tail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the claw meat is pretty good, I think too. But most of the time, you see people eating the tail. So think about it. that tail's probably a pound of meat, maybe. I mean, that thing was this big. It was yeah. It, it was huge. Don't tempt me with a good time. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never had it, so I can't tell you here or there on whether lobster is good it's delicious that's the funniest thing about that though is you're one of my second closest friends or not that sounds weird you're you're the other close friend of mine that has not had lobster like i don't know if i've met anybody ever in my life who had never had lobster before you and greg belden told me that well i'm gonna be honest with you man until a couple years ago i didn't really like seafood or fish or anything yeah you were just showing me your catfish i did i did like i did like uh shrimp that's something i have always liked i've always liked shrimp yeah shrimp's pretty common too like you see shrimp a lot but uh i told you i tried catfish it was a little bit after i got out of high school Great story to that, yeah, by the way. That was it was pretty good. So I'm, I go to my girl, my then girlfriend's house, and she's like, "My mom's making food," and I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll eat," because she always made good food. So we're sitting there, and I was like, "What? What is she making?" It's like catfish, and I'm like, "Oh God, <laughs> what oh, do you do now?" Oh no! I was like, "I can't, I can't do that. I can't like not eat now." Right. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just choke this down. I'll just try to get a small portion and just choke Say it. you ate before or something. Yeah, and like mix it in with everything and hope the other stuff will just overpower it. Yeah. I get a piece of cat, fried catfish, dude. Sheesh. Change your mind, huh? Oh, yes, dude. I was like, if all fish taste like this, no, that's probably the worst fish that there is. Count me on the fish board then because yeah, that stuff is fantastic. Well, that's the argument, too. I hear people talking about that. If you slather it up in a ton of tartar sauce, do you really like it? or do Nothing. You just... I put nothing on mine. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. For me, like I told you, just down in Tennessee at Paula Dean's, Zach and Troy were huge. Oh, got to get catfish. Gotta get... So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try a little bit of this. But I ate more tartar sauce than I ate catfish. And I'm not saying it was bad, but I, I like tartar sauce. Yeah. It, I, I don't put anything on it. But it's interesting. Back to the Machado thing. So he he signs he signs the ten year three hundred million dollar contract, and he's twenty six years old. Repeat that though. Ten, ten year three hundred million dollar contract. Woo! Yeah, twenty twenty million dollar signing bonus, which he's which he should get within the first couple of months. Okay. So that's right off top. You're already getting twenty million. Are is any of that like incentives, or he he's getting all of that as long as he's healthy and he doesn't get it's cut? It's a signing bonus. The season doesn't start until April, so yep. he'll get it before the season starts. But that's included in the in the in the contract. Deal. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. There's no extra with that. No. It's just he's getting there up front. But one of the one of the or a couple of the clauses that he had in the contract that I thought were pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I saw. So, so like I said, he's 26 years old. He can opt out after 2023. Which is awesome because anytime you can get control as a player, that's big. And that cost him some big money, too. I guarantee that. 
Maybe. I mean, yeah, they're not giving that away. He for signs free. the biggest contract in in sports history as far as money per year. Yeah. Because the biggest contract ever signed was Giancarlo Stanton, who signed a three hundred. $325 million contract, but it was over 13 years. Well, I got a surprise for you. I didn't tell you this before, but you've got Canelo Alvarez, who's on an 11-fight contract and is making $365 million. That, nice. do, that does own that your buddy was telling you about, Grant? Yeah, yeah Pizzones. Yep, from Pizzones. Pizza Hut. Oh, stop. I'm hungry. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a calzone guy. Those are good. But $365 million, and I don't even know if he's got – 11 fights left in his career like he doesn't have to fight already Did he just signed this um it was recent I, I don't know the exact date of it but yeah he's he's 365 million 11 fights obviously that doesn't break the per year thing but that's the biggest contract out yeah i think he's gonna make more than that off of other things too when those fights come oh my goodness he's got a ton of sponsorships that is solely just i mean his streaming service his fights will be on his own now instead of showtime or or HBO or ESPN, it's it's they'll be on DAZN. Which man, think about it. That DAZN is pulling the trigger for they only charge nine ninety nine a month, and they're getting guys like Canelo. They've got Bellator on there. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. That's, that's thirty three point two million dollars a fight, which is crazy. That's nuts, and that's only from that from that. That's not talking about sponsorships or right. anything like that. That that dude's making. Uh, a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money is the easiest way to say it. Yeah. But the like I said, the things I thought were pretty cool. He can opt out after twenty twenty three, which that would leave him at only thirty one years old, which in baseball terms is not really that old. No. And he he gets every year he can pick six teams that he does not want to be traded to. That's amazing. Not only that, every He's got two more things that are added to this. And the fact that he had this much leverage to do that, and he's not even the best player in baseball, according to a lot of people. He's probably not even the best free agent this year. Bryce with, Harper? With Bryce Harper being a free agent. He's in the conversation, though. He's definitely in the conversation. Isn't he like five foot two? by the way? Who? Machado. Isn't he I don't super think he, little? I don't think he's five foot two. Yeah, I was probably a low shot. But <laughs> it's like Danny DeVito. Hey, he's – from what I've heard – they had him mic'd up one day, and it was hilarious out there. But, you know, somebody was ragging on him in the field about him being little. Uh, Manny Machado was listed at six foot three. Okay. so <laughs> Maybe that's not the same maybe, guy. Maybe that was somebody else. Six foot three is not little at all. But one of the, another two things that he has, on all, ho- on all road trips, he gets a hotel suite. <laughs> Every road trip, he gets a hotel suite. Whoa. And he has the right... Two premium tickets at Petco Park. Gee, many Christmas. I mean, you should have said Airbnb. Come on, man. Keep up with the times. What yeah. are you doing? Well, I, I guarantee you these suites are a lot better than oh, the Airbnbs that they're going to get. Yeah, I guarantee. I mean, think about some of these cities that he's in, too, man. Oh. Yeah, and then, I mean, I just pulled up some of his career averages. Again, the home run and the RBI average is going to be lower because of his first four to five years in the in the MLB. I mean, he came into the league as a 19-year-old rookie. At Baltimore, right? Yeah, he was at ba- he was in Baltimore for eight years, and then he was in um, 
or for seven years, and then he was in L.A. last year when he got traded halfway through the season. Right. Uh, 282 career average, 335 on base percentage, uh, 487 slugging percentage, averages 31 home runs and 90 RBI, uh, which says a lot because I think he had 12, 14, and – 13 his first three years in the league okay so to say that his average is now 31 home runs and 90 rbi that's saying a lot for what he's done the past couple of years yeah he's a heck of a player i mean if you're gonna make a contract like that you better be though absolutely absolutely which moves us forward because i with those things in the contract we're bringing in a new segment yeah. And it's all birthed from what Daniel did for us the other day. Thank you again, D. Because what Machado did there was definitely a power move. Oh, man. So we're introducing a new segment today on episode number 75 called Power Move. And this is another segment, just like all of our other segments, that we need some fan interaction. You guys see something on a daily basis that could be considered a power move. Put it on our Facebook page, whether it's a fan video, whether it's whatever you see. Let us know what your power move of the week is. So, my power move. Every Most everyone has seen the Fire Festival documentary now or at least heard about it. Yeah. The Netflix documentary where Ja Rule and that other guy made that festival in the bahamas that was supposed to be uh pablo escobar's old island that you could go there see like a lot of the top artists and it was fake well and it was supposed to be very luxurious too not yes. a tent capade no <laughs> not a bunch of tents with twin-sized mattresses they ended up getting soaked through right so and food that was trash not only has ja rule been getting trashed on for that but 50 cents been in his back for a good two to three years I'd say a decade. Yeah, it's been a while. His album came out in '99. I think he's been in there since then, so that might be two decades. It's it's been a it's been a lot it's been a long time. So, John Rule's been catching a lot of flack. And John Rule, if you haven't seen it yet, go and look at uh, <laughs> go and look at John Rule's performance. I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now. Yeah, performance. Go is a and friendly go term. and look at his performance. That he had at the Milwaukee Bucks uh, halftime show yesterday. Uh, it was awful. The yeah. whole crowd was quiet. He's asking for responses and no one's saying anything. Yeah, but I asked you, did you you saw the entry, right, where he comes out and everything? Did you I see only the saw ball? the part where he's like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, and no one's saying anything. This is the thing, though. He comes out and he goes, hey, man, they got me here for 90s night. My album dropped in 99, but I'm really that is a the part 2000 that I artist. That I'm is like, the part that I saw. why would you lead off with, like, yeah. who is, first of all, they're not going to have you back. Like, that's that's taking shots at the dude who signed you. Then, second of all, you it's Milwaukee. How many Ja Rule fans do you think? And I know Zach Coleman's going to be mad at me. He's a big Ja Rule fan. He's also a big 50 Cent fan. But how many fans do you think Ja Rule really has in Milwaukee? That's not a good way to start. How many it off. fans do you think he has worldwide? What was the girl's name? She's uh, a fan, Ashanti. Right? Ashanti. She's a fan, man. That's so, all that matters. That's so his boo. The, when when he did this, first of all, we both said this that Ray Allen jersey was cold. Yeah. That Ray Allen jersey he was wearing, I'll give him props for that. It's the only good thing that happened from this whole thing. That's a power move. That, yes. So the Timberwolves tweeted out and said, "We too were hustled, scammed, bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray." So Ja Rule responds with. You just, again, I'm reading this as he said it, so this isn't me just being a terrible reader. You just jinx yourself. 
talking to the god this way. You're cursed now. You won't win a championship for the next 30 years. And Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, is leaving. Apologize and I'll lift the curse. Which, by the way, he Kiss might have said some truth in there. But he is also <laughs> definitely not speaking all truth. Everyone that knows about curses in sports recently knows that there is only one man that can get that can put curses on and lift curses off. And that is none other than the swag god Lil B. <laughs> that that's the only person that can do this. So there is a response. Where someone says only Lil B has the power to curse. Right. And my power move of the week goes to Lil B with his response. Hashtag blessed and quotes himself Lil B. Power move, he's the only one that can curse. You know what a Child power move is? That. The, well, that for sure is a power move. But let me just say, I have no clue. I've, the only reason I've ever heard of Lil B is because of these whole curses things and everything that yeah. he says. Like, I literally, what is he? Is he a rapper? Like, yeah. yeah, he's a rapper. And he's got anything decent. It's it's the base god. It, everything is everything is great. Well, I don't know what that like. That meant nothing to me right there. Besides, everything is great. If you're asking, you can't afford it. That's all okay. I'm gonna say. Touche. So clearly, that's a quote from him. So clearly, I don't like his music. Now, with <laughs> with, that, with that being said, we'll go to my power move of the week. It's like I said, you can go any route with this. I'm going with a local power move. So, which before we go into this, yeah. I want to talk about that because we didn't talk about that game at all. Okay. So I we were going to record Friday, but I brought up wanting to go into a high school game. BJ and I, that's kind of like a, a pastime for us. We love going to high school games. Big time. We just love, we love basketball, so anytime we can get out to a, a good high school game, he and I go. I'll go watch any level. I yeah. mean, as long as it's males and as long as it's good basketball, I'm just joking. I'll, I'll, I've watched <laughs> a lot of different basketball. But – uh, I brought up going to see Trinity play Wagner for the district championship. Uh, David Johnson is going to Louisville next year, plays for Trinity. Wagner was 27-3, and two of their losses being the Trinity. So I knew it was going to be a good game. Yeah, and even you showed me some of the scores from before, and they were lower, like I think under 50 points, right? Uh, one was sixty nine or sixty one forty one, and the other one was forty seven forty forty two or something. Yeah, so they were. I mean, clearly Wagner from watching them was a defensive minded team. Yeah, so we went to see them, and Wagner just played their tail off big time. There, there was not one player that came in the game that didn't play hard. No. And I'm not, not to take anything away from Trinity, I, to say that it just seemed to me like they wanted the game more. Uh, I felt like David Johnson was definitely the best player on the floor. Was I think he was far and away the best player on the floor, and he showed that in the third quarter when he pretty much took over and brought Trinity Bragg. Yeah, I don't even know who you put at second. Maybe 10 for Wagner, maybe 11 for Wagner, but by far he was the best player in the gym. And he, you and I had a lot of the same similarities as far as talking about way, the way he was. Assessment, yeah. Assessments, yeah. I, I felt the only thing I took away from it that kind of concerned me was I didn't feel like he was aggressive enough. Right. Well, you you mentioned he was very quiet. He he wasn't. I wouldn't say passive, but yet he wasn't. He he didn't have a killer instinct. Yeah. And but when he did, he completely took over the game. Right. He had, segments. He had one play where he head faked, took two dribbles, oh. and tomahawked right in the middle of the lane. And it was just like. And I looked at him. I said, Now I know why he's ranked the way he is. Well, and everybody, it was like the Red Sea parting, too. Like, you, you could tell they knew when he was going up, don't jump. So, Trinity is pretty much losing the entire game. 
Yeah, they were, I think. I think I don't know if they ever had a lead. They, they blew a layup first possession, and I think Wagner scored. They hit a three. Yeah, they hit a three the first possession. So they, um, they never led. Yeah, and they led, like you said, from, from the beginning to end. And Trinity tried to make it a game, and uh, number zero for Wagner hit a couple big threes down the stretch, and Wagner won the district. Yep. It was a great game to watch. I mean, it was definitely passionate play. Towards the end, it was good. You could see some momentum swinging. Terrible fans, by the way. Oh, my goodness. That was <laughs> – I was telling somebody – yeah, I was telling my buddy uh, Parker that. Yeah. Trinity has the worst fans I think I've ever heard. Which I told you, I've, I've seen that before at Christian Academy. I won't mention any names, but I, I, I've seen some people who are not, not what you would I, consider fun to be around. I know that fan is short for fanatic. Right. I understand that. But at some point, you have to realize that your team makes mistakes. Right. That's what bothers me. If you're upset about obvious missed calls or a call that you maybe – but every call cannot be a foul. Every time the other team touches the ball cannot be a travel. Right. Like everything – the world is not against you and your team all the time. The funniest thing to me, and, and I could be completely wrong in this. Once again, this is just my assessment – that we're speaking about one individual, and I'm led oh. to believe, like typically you would see that's a parent who's doing that. I don't think this guy had a child on the team. Like, I, I think this was just a Trinity fan. Yeah, like it, he ended up taking his jacket off and everything. He oh, was he just, was hot. Yeah, he was He was only wearing a, a just a polo at the end of the game. And he was stomping on the bleachers oh, so loud Leading that, like, my chin chance. was shaking. Like, my turkey gobbler was just hanging out <laughs> going, gobble, gobble, gobble. I was like, okay, bro. Yeah, he was leading defense chant and stomping on the bleachers. It's like, But nobody else was following no, him, by the not way. not one person following no, him. Everyone's like, all right, Bobby, quit it. <laughs> We're kicking you out of the booster club if you don't stop. Bobby, would you stop it? Yeah. Not again. Yeah, so – Trinity loses, right. but this is where your power move of the week comes in. So my power move, and, and we didn't know that evening. You know, we we were just around, and, and you're observing people. You got a lot of different people. You see some former players or some former people that you think might have been players. And this one guy stood out to me, right? And clearly, he's decked out in Trinity gear, and it's the nicest of the nice Trinity gear too. But he's got the old man swag going where he's a young hipster, but yet his age is probably past his prime is what I'll say. And up top, he's got a visor. And I'm like, bro, that is when you are that age and you're rocking the visor, that is a power move. You're either A, a Division I college football coach. Yep. Or, or actually, you know what? You're just a you're just a football coach. We had a full head of hair up there too. So yeah. if he didn't, that'd be even better. He's definitely my point. not Dana Holgerson from West Virginia. No, <laughs> he's definitely not Dana Holgerson. Nope, not that full. But um, so I'm like, okay, that that's already standing out to me. And then the next thing I see is I look down at his hand, and he's got a championship ring of some sort of fashion. Yeah. And you don't do that by mistake. Typically, those things are probably. I mean, I'm gonna guess he doesn't wear that on a daily basis. Um, he's probably got it in some type of shrine at the house, you know, right right next to whatever else he keeps there. And he decides that he's going to go and shake the team's hand and the coach's hand after the game, too, which was hilarious. Well, here's the thing. He's not only shaking their hands. That ring was on his, was on his left hand. Yeah. 
And so he's shaking it with his right hand yes. and putting the left hand over top of it, tapping him with it. He no, remember he held something in his right hand and reached over with his left and was high fiving with his left. So, no, I think he was shaking with he had his left hand on there for sure, but I think so he you had can both see of, the ring. Yeah. But he had a backpack on and I think he, he that's what he had in his hand earlier, but then he's shaking with his right and patting on the top with the left. Like every person that goes by just Hey man, don't forget this. You know what I mean. So you want to talk? You guys have about a great team, but we got chip power move right there. Power Not move. even like we we didn't really see him too often. He was walking back and forth. Then all of a sudden, somehow Wagner wins. He comes down. He gets in the handshaking line, and he's just dropping power on everybody <laughs> with in the that building. with that chip ring. Oh man! But we were doing our research like normal when we got up here, right? And I found a beef. On the front page of ESPN. And it's not going to be for what you think it's going to be when I tell you the story. Okay. So, I believe Peyton Barber was a pro bowler this year. If not, he was fringe pro bowler. Running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay. Had his tablet and a few other uh, belongings stolen out of his SUV in front of his house in Georgia. That's not my beef. No. Rookie move, too. I mean, what are you doing, man? Come on. It's Georgia. You steal the tablet that has all the plays on it, and you don't take the plays before the team clears them off there? What kind of circus are we running over here with our criminals? Right. Get the stuff off there before they... Come on, clown shoes. Blackmail 101, bro. You what, gotta what get the plays before they clear them. Yeah. What kind of? Because now, now not only are you gonna get arrested when they find you, because I'm sure they're just gonna do the find my iPhone thing with this iPad or whatever tablet it is. I probably took a couple pictures of him along the yeah, way. Yeah, he's probably yeah, he's probably looking like that uh, a random old dude on Facebook that has the same picture ten times in a row with that same weird under face. Yeah, that's probably what he looks like. I think of Shrek and Donkey. I don't know why. I think of that but i feel like they'd make a good good team for stealing ipads yeah so not only do you do that but now you don't get anything from it well and this is the thing you've got a clear-cut buyer in the new england patriots bro (laughs) wow (laughs) shots fired on your own wow you didn't know that was coming i did i did not know that was coming i I, I didn't know that was coming but here's the thing though they're not gonna they're only gonna get stuff from teams that are actually gonna do something to them they're not gonna get anything from tampa no when's the last time tampa made the playoffs when they won the super bowl back in 2000 maybe they get some crab legs from Jameis. maybe maybe but that's my beef if you're gonna steal a tablet get the plays off of it clown shoes what make, is this, man? Make a play, man. It's like in the NFL. Make a hit. Make a play. You listen. You know Carmen San Diego. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Come on now. Gosh. And and this is my other thing. If he would have done that and allegedly, you know, let's, let's not clear his name. And then he also tried to sell that to NFL teams. Bro, you could have been my power move of the week. Like what? Absolutely. For sure. I, and I, I dropped the name. I'd whatever publicity he wanted, I, I would give him because that that's a boss move right there. Absolutely. Well, that that concludes episode number seventy five. That's a uh, seven and a five. Seven that adds up to twelve. Seventy five plus two minus two equals seventy five. Yes. So guys, I don't yeah, I don't even need to tell you anything about the weather today because it's nice. It wasn't bad. The wind put out a couple people's power. Hopefully, you got that back on. Yep. Um. Louisville needs to win Wednesday against Boston College. We'll talk about that on Wednesday when the game is on. Um, 
that's really all I got. I mean, keep liking, keep sharing, keep listening, more importantly. And this is my thing. I'm a peacock. you got to let me fly. Absolutely. Beef out.